are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? Always wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, at LockedOnDiamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, we got a, a few things I want to talk about today. I got a few interesting things to talk about. Of course, we're going to start off with some free agency rumors. Then uh, AZ Snake Pit, I love them over there. They did a great job of breaking down Luke Weaver's 2020, they do a little review for all Diamondbacks players, so they got Luke Weaver's up, so we're going to discuss what they have written here for Luke Weaver, and then in segment number two today, Bleacher Report had this really interesting article about should teams hand out $100 million plus contracts in free agency, they look at players from about the last 15 years that got $100 million plus contracts in free agency. They basically put them in different categories based on how they worked out for the team. And then they come up with a verdict of whether teams should be willing to give out $100 million contracts in free agency. I really like that article. So we're going to talk about that in segment number two today. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I rate to the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now let's get into those free agency rumors of the day. We got a few things to talk about. Uh, apparently, the Nationals have had some, you know, preliminary early early discussions with JT Real Muto. Uh, we know Real Muto is probably the, not even probably, he is the best free agent catcher on the market. And he's just flat out one of the best catchers in all of baseball, honestly. I mean, this guy's been about a 280 hitter the last four years. He's been a guy that could get you 20 plus home runs. Even still, you double digit bags from your catcher. Get on base about 34% of the time. OPS above 800. So that guy is truly a stud at the uh, catcher position been an all-star in both 2019 and 2018 even finished 14th in mvp voting in 2019 silver slugger 2018 and 2019 from the catcher position so the nats got a guy like that i mean that that would be nasty for that team that won a world series not too long ago they still have a lot of pieces in place even though they lost uh you know their franchise uh, their face of the franchise a couple years ago in Bryce Harper, but they went on to win the World Series without him. So it obviously didn't affect them too much. The Twins have not re-signed Nelson Cruz just yet, but it says they're still in talks between the two sides and they definitely call him a special member of the Twins organization, at least according to the president of baseball operations, Derek Falvey. So 
Look to see if Nelson Cruz re-signs with the Twins. Uh, I think Nelson Cruz is a very interesting free agent. I mean, one, because he's just so dang old. The dude is 40 years old, in case you guys didn't know. Nelson Cruz is 40. But look at his last seven, was this, last seven years. Let me tell you uh, Nelson Cruz's home run counts. Starting in 2014, age 33, 40 home runs. Then 44, 43, 39, 37, 41, and then at age 39 this past season, he had 16 home runs. So this guy, even though he's about to enter his 40s, he's still arguably a, a safe bet to finish top five in home runs in uh in whatever league he plays in. So look out for Nelson Cruz. He looks like he might be returning to the Twins, but he could be a huge player in free agency if they decide to keep the universal DH rule in 2021. Blue Jays seem to be linked. They've been linked all offseason with the Korean shortstop that was just posted. Uh, he, he was playing with the Nexon Heroes of the Korean Baseball League, KBO League. Uh, apparently, he's the top shortstop posted from that uh, league. So, Blue Jays are definitely in on him, even though they have a guy in Bo Bichet that they're pretty high on. So, they, might, they may put Kim at second base or third base, try to put him somewhere else in the infield. Maybe they move Bo Bichet around, but... They think they could get this guy, Kim, who I haven't really looked too hard into his numbers, and he doesn't have a baseball reference page. Oh, actually, he does have a baseball reference page. I didn't know baseball reference kept KBO stats. So Kim, last season, 2020, he played 138 games, batted 306, 400 OBP, 921 OPS, 30 bombs, 23 stolen bases. I mean, those numbers at least tell you he's a stud. I don't know how that translates. I don't know the exact level of competition from the KBO League versus, uh, you know, American baseball. But those kind of numbers are definitely eye-popping and it won't look too bad if the Blue Jays could get him in a Blue Jays uniform. That sounded a little redundant, I know. Tigers GM Al Avila might be looking at his son, Alex Avila, uh, as a free agent. And we all know Alex Avila, the former Arizona Diamondback. I'm sure you guys are happy he's gone. I don't think you guys are going to miss him at all if he decides to go to the Tigers. And that was really all the big free agent rumors of the day. So now I want to look at that Luke Weaver article by AZ Snake Pit and just discuss it. Because Luke Weaver didn't have a good 2020 season if you look at his peripheral numbers. He had a 6.58 year Ray, which was second worst on the team behind Robbie Ray when he pitched for the team. He had 10 home runs allowed, uh, led the National League, and losses, which you never like to see. But AZ Snake Pit actually makes the argument that his 2020 season wasn't as bad as the numbers show. One, his recovery was demonstrated, which means... He had a non-surgical rehab in 2019 because of because of his UCL strain, and he didn't undergo Tommy John surgery or any kind of surgery, so he had to work that strength up back naturally. And in 2020, he didn't have any reincurring injuries. He was, you know, had had a little bit of a workload management, you know, a load management that by the end of the season. Uh, Mike Hayes and Tori Lavello want to, you know, ramp down his workload a little bit. You know, less pitches uh, didn't put him as deep at the ball games. We saw that little stretch before by the end of the season where he was only going about three to five innings. They really didn't want to, you know, put him out there too long because they didn't want to, you know, injure his arm. They wanted to keep him fresh and really keep him thriving for the rest of his career. So that's what they did for Luke Weaver. So, I give them credit for keeping him healthy, and it, and that was a positive that we saw from Luke Weaver. He didn't re-injure himself, and he didn't get hurt again, so he got like that from Luke Weaver. And 
they laid out four main reasons why we should see Luke Weaver be flat out better in 2021 than 2020. The first reason is he was a little unlucky. His batting average on balls in play was a little high. His percentage, his percentage of runners left on base and his homers per fly ball were above league average. But when I look at that, I, that doesn't show me that he's been unlucky. It shows me that he's given up a lot of hard contact. And he did give up a lot of home runs. I When I watched Luke Weaver, he did give up a lot of home runs. And he did walk a lot of dudes. So, easy snake pit. I'm going to have to disagree and just and not agree that it's just going to get better for Luke Weaver based on unluckiness. And then the second reason AZ Snake Pit has for Luke Weaver improving in 2021 is because they believe his curveball will return to normal. His curveball improved uh, dramatically in the 2019 season. His batting average against went way down. His slugging against went way down. But those results regressed in 2020. And they believe if he makes a, uh, a few minor tweaks, it could get back to being what it was in 2019 versus what it was in 2020. And I, I can't just say he's going to make those improvements and get better. Yes, he did make the improvements and get better in the 2019 season. But now when I saw him in 2020, his curveball, it looks nice, but it wasn't that effective, at least toward my eye. So I can't just say his improvements are going to be there from the 2020 season to the 2021 season. The third reason AZ Snake Pit has is because they believe his cutter also improved from the 2019 or improved in the 2019 season as opposed to the 2020 season. They said his uh, the, the whiff percentage on his cutter from 2018 to 2019 went from 4% to 12%. And he actually threw his cutter more in 2019 and 2020, the frequency and the amount he threw his cutter. So they believe since he's actually thrown his cutter more, and it improved in 2019, then it should improve again in 2021. And he does have a nice looking cutter, but I can't say it was super effective in 2020 season. In March of 2019, Jack Summers called it a slider cutter combo. So when you see it come out of his hands, it looks nasty. It has a great uh, a spin on it. It has great movement on it, but it seems like I don't think batters, batters were really that fooled on it, at least in 2020. In 2019, they were fooled, but not so much in 2020. So maybe he does go back to striking out dudes in 2021 because he did strike out enough dudes in 2020. His strikeouts per nine was 9.5. It was 9.7 2019, so that's still there. It just doesn't look like to the eye test like his cutter was as effective as it was in 2019. And then the final reason AZ Snake Pit has is that they believe his fastball because that actually improved. That's his one pitch that did improve in 2020. His spin rate was above average. It was in the 86th percentile. So he's got major movement on that fastball. And with his curveball and cutter improving in 2019, if it can go back to that 2019 levels in 2021 with this improved fastball, then he's at least got a three-pitch arsenal that he will be able to deploy and really strike out batters. And He's definitely a guy that has the potential, like we've all said, to be a number two starter in any rotation. But so far through his career, outside of 2019, he really hasn't shown it too much. Maybe in 2017, we had a 388 ERA and a 317 FIP. But every year outside of that, his FIP has been just right along with what it was in 2020. His whip this season was right along with what it was in 2018 and 2016. His ear array this season was a 658. It was a 495 in 2018 and 5.7 2016. So I can't just say 
2021 is going to be a good season for Luke Weaver unless you believe in trends because every other season it seems to be good Luke Weaver. So if you believe in trends, then yes, Luke Weaver will have a good season 2021. But I'm not going to just say he's going to have a good season because his pitches improved in 2019 because guess what? They all regressed in 2020. Maybe not his fastball, but his other secondary pitches definitely regressed in 2020. And I'm nervous to see if he's really over those elbow injuries or if it's more of a mental block for him at this stage of his career. So for Luke Weaver, I want him to be improved. I want him to live up to expectations. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt was traded for this guy. So I don't want to see Luke Weaver suck. I definitely like the guy. He's still very young, only about 26 years old. And I'm hoping he bounces back in a major way in 2021. Now we'll get into whether MLB team should hand out $100 million plus contracts in a free agency, but first. Let's get back into it and let's look at that Bleacher Report article about $100 million contracts and whether they're good or bad. So I really find I really found this article interesting. They broke it down to four different categories. Resounding success, not bad, but not resounding success, not good, but not absolute disaster, and then absolute disasters. And of course, we've seen a whole bunch of $100 million contracts, so to not just you know, throwing every $100 million contract. They literally only took the contracts that were given to players in free agency. So Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Stanton, Nolan Arenado, Miguel Cabrera. None of those contracts are going to count because those were extensions. They Those players weren't free agents. They were still under contract for their team. So those players won't count in this evaluation. And then also, they're not including opt-out uh, opt contracts or rework contracts. So something like CC Sabathia, who opted out of his deal after three years. A-Rod opted out of his deal after seven seasons. Justin Upton opted out of his deal after two years. So those deals are not going to be counted in this as well. And then also, deals that were signed not too long ago won't count either. So Bryce Harper's deal, Garrett Cole, Machado, Anthony Rendon. There was a $100 million signed contract. And about the last three seasons, it won't be signed. Even Patrick, uh, even a guy like Patrick Corbin or Eric Hosmer, who was signed you know, a couple years ago, three years ago. So those deals won't count. The only deals that are going to count are the deals that we saw actually be completed. So with that being said, let's jump right into it with the absolute disasters. Probably the most fun category to look at first. And let's, you know, quickly run through all the names here. Chris Davis with Baltimore, seven years, 161. Jordan Zimmerman with the Tigers, five years, 110. Mike Hampton with the Rockies, eight years, 121. Carl Crawford with Boston, seven years, 142. Josh Hamilton with the Angels, five years, 125. Cespedes with the Mets, four years, 110. Ellsbury with the Yankees, seven years, 153. Jose Reyes with Miami, six years, 106. And if you guys can remember anything about those deals, those are definitely uh, some of the worst deals in baseball during the time. And I remember a couple of these deals off the top of my head. Just looking at it, Chris Davis, he was the home run king, and then he fell off pretty quickly after that. He just turned into a shell of himself, couldn't hit for average, and was really a liability big time for the Orioles. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman completely imploded for the Tigers. 
Carl Crawford. I don't know what happened to that guy. He fell off a map after being an MVP candidate with the Rays a season prior to signing with the Red Sox. And his numbers really weren't as bad as you might have remembered. He just was perpetually injured. Josh Hamilton, uh, a lot of guys going on with him, a lot of issues going on with that guy. Cespedes, he had some pretty weird injuries as well. Ellsbury always hurt too, and so was Jose Reyes. So for a lot of those dudes, it was not even performance-based. A lot of them just couldn't stay healthy and had a lot of off-the-field issues. So those were the absolute disasters. Not good, but not absolute disasters. This is the next category. Barry Zito, 7 years, 126 with San Fran. Prince Fielder, 9 years, 214 with the Tigers. Alfonso Soriano with the Cubs, 8 years, 136. Shin Su Chu with Texas, 7 years, 130. Jason Worth, 7 years, 126 with the Nationals. Carlos Lee, 6 years, 100 with Houston. Albert Pujols, 10 years, 240 with the Angels. Jason Hayward, 8 years, 184 with the Cubs. Cueto, 6 years, 130 with San Fran. Rodriguez, Alex Rodriguez with the Yankees, 10 years, 275. And then Robinson Cano, don't you know, 10 years, 240 with the Mariners. And looking at those deals, really, I don't think those guys were really bad players for their team. They... Like the category says, not good, but not absolute disasters. And I think all of them at least had, you know, a few seasons where you could look to where they were pretty good. You know, Barry Zito did have a couple good seasons. Prince Fielder, too. Albert Pujols had a couple good years. Jason Worth, Shin Su Chu, Johnny Cueto. All of them had at least two or three years where you could say, hey, they actually kind of lived up to the contract. But for at least a majority of the contract or at least half of it, it, it was an albatross kind of deal. We know Alex Rodriguez, definitely the back half of that deal didn't work out. Look at Cano right now. So for some of those deals, you could say the first three years, the first half of the deal worked out, but not that second half of the deal. Now, the next category is not bad, but not resounding success. And this is Cliff Lee, five years, 120. Kevin Brown with the Dodgers, seven years, 105. J.D. Martinez with the Red Sox, five years, 110. Tanaka, seven years, 155 with the Yankees. Teixeira, eight years, 180 with the Yankees. And David Price with the Red Sox, seven years, 217. I think I would put David Price in the not good, but not absolute disasters because I think he was more solid. He did help the Red Sox win the World Series, but I don't think he was really great outside that one year. Mark Teixeira is definitely, I don't know definitely, but he's going to have a Hall of Fame case because of what he did with the Yankees. Tanaka was really good with the Yankees for a majority of his time, pretty much all his time, never really uh, bottomed out at any point of his career. J.D. Martinez was has been a stud with the Red Sox outside of 2020. And Cliff Lee was an absolute stud with the Phillies. So those are definitely deals that you're not going to be upset if you're handing out. Yeah, maybe the last one, uh, maybe the last year or the last two years of the deal won't work out. But if you get five of seven good years on a contract, then I think you're going to take that if you're a major league team. And then the last category, resounding success. Max Scherzer, seven years, 210. Manny Ramirez to the Red Sox, 8 years, 160. Carlos Beltran to the Mets, 7 years, 119. Granke to the Diamondbacks, 6 years, 206. Giambi to the Yankees, 7 years, 120. Matt Holliday, 7 years, 120 to the Cardinals. And John Lester to the Cubs, 6 years, 155. And 
To see Zach Granke on that list actually kind of surprises me. I don't think it, it was a resounding success concerning that first year with the team. He really didn't live up to expectations at all. And he did end up, you know, pitching uh, four seasons with the team. And he was good over those four seasons with the team outside of that first year. But I don't know if it was a resounding success. D-backs didn't have much success as a team. And he wasn't absolutely dominant but really everyone else on that list i mean scherzer multiple times saw young award winner manny ramirez is one of the best outfielders in the game along with carlos beltran so is matt holiday i, I would probably disagree with john lester but all those deals kind of worked out for their teams and yeah zach granke uh you know it didn't lead to a ton of wins for the d-backs but he never was really bad at any point with the dimebacks at all during his tenure with the team so you can say all those deals actually were resounding successes. But what about the verdict? Does that mean we should give out $100 million contracts in free agency? Well, if you look at the numbers, the, the, the deals that were a resounding success, you could say were seven out of the 32. Not bad, but not a resounding success was six out of the 32. So in total, 13 out of 32 contracts were at least positive. That's 40.6%. But the contracts that were not good, but not absolute disasters, that was 11 out of 32. And then absolute disasters was 8 out of 32. So overall negative, 19 out of 32 for 59%. So Bleach Report is telling you more likely than not, 60% of the time, a $100 million contract in free agency is going to carry more risk than reward. But you're telling me 40% of the time it's going to hit and then probably another 20% of the time, at least the first couple years of the deal is going to work out. Maybe first two or three year deal, uh, first two or three years of the deal is going to work out. So that might be all I need to win a chip. So if you're telling me 60%, maybe, maybe more than half the contracts, I could get at least three years of a superstar level player, then I think that does work out for $100 million contracts because when it comes to those kind of deals, I think the real question is not how much, but how long i don't care how much money i have to spend i care about how long i have to keep paying them and if i have to pay a guy you know 150 million dollars if it's only for four or five year deals four or five years i'm okay doing that because i won't have to be tied to him for a long term that's where teams really get nailed down and that's where they really find themselves in bad situations financially is when they can't move off those 10-year, $250 million contracts because the guy's making $25 million a year at age 39. If I'm getting a guy who's 30 years old, I'll pay, you know, I'll pay Trevor Bauer three years, uh, $100 million because guess what? It's only going to be a three-year deal and he's going to be off the books in a pretty short amount of time after I sign him. So I'm more in favor of giving short-term big money deals as opposed to long-term big money deals. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. And I want to tell all you guys, if you like betting on baseball or the Diamondbacks, it doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quit hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, this is the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, your team every day. So come back tomorrow with more news coverage and Diamondbacks insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces!